We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Have you ever wanted to travel to a distant star or to a planet orbiting another sun? All the time. However, I've heard that it's impossible. Yeah, the problem is that the universe is just so big and it comes with its built-in speed limit. It makes it pretty tough. So that means that uh, we'll never build a spaceship that will get us to another star within the span of a human lifetime. That's almost true. It's almost a hard and fast rule. Turns out there's one or two exceptions to that. Immortality. <laughs> Immortality. <laughs> Being frozen like an ice cube. Hello, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel, and this is our podcast. Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Where we're going to take the whole universe, break it into little bits that are bite-sized, and feed them to you one at a time. Today on the program, we are going to ask the question, will we ever be able to travel faster than the speed of light? Zoom! That's the sound it would make if we traveled faster than the speed of light right there. We're going full throttle on this episode. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. That's right. Pedal to the podcast. That's right. And I love this question because not only do people like traveling fast, but it gives us a sense for like, will we ever be able to, I feel like the subtext to the question is, will we ever travel to other stars and get to yeah. other places in the universe? Because the universe is so darn big that it's hard to get places, right? So if we could travel fast in the speed of light, we could actually see some cool stuff. Like, what's the nearest star to us? Oh, man, I should ask Siri, but I think it's about four light years away. Okay, so even if we're able to go at the speed of light, you still have to sit in a spaceship for four years to get there. That's if you could travel at the speed of light, yeah. Mm. But there's also the question of accelerating to the speed of light. Like, if you could, if you had a spaceship which could get up to the speed of light, uh -huh. it would take a long time to get going that fast because... Oh, just to get to the speed of light. 
Yeah, you can't tolerate um, a huge amount of acceleration. You know, like fighter pilots can take like eight or nine Gs, uh-huh. right? The eight or nine times the acceleration you feel on Earth. But squishy people like me and you get into a, a jet. We can't tolerate, tolerate more than a couple of Gs, you know? It'd be like being on the craziest roller coaster ride for like a year. Years, just to get to the speed of light. Just to get to the speed of light, yeah. And if you accelerate faster, you would just get smushed against the seat. Yeah, exactly. You'd arrive as a puddle of goo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't forget you have to decelerate also because you don't want to arrive someplace going the speed of light. Oh, I see. So you'd be traveling as a puddle of goo and you would arrive as a splatter of goo on the front uh, windshield. That's right. But hey, if you're a puddle of goo, it doesn't really matter when you arrive, does it? Because you're not feeling it. So <laughs> or if you arrive. Or if you arrive, yeah. That's why in a lot of these awesome science fiction books I've been reading, you spend half the trip accelerating and then you turn the ship turns around and spends the second half of the ship decelerating, slowing down, because, you know, if you arrive at your destination going a gazillion miles an hour, you just blow right through that solar system. You can't even stop or, you know, get a smoothie or anything. Okay, so the question is, is there hope of us ever getting to other stars or planets out there in the universe? Can we ever go faster than the speed of light? That's right. So we went around and we asked people on the street, here's what they had to say. I do believe that one day we'll be able to travel faster than the speed of light. Potentially, yes. Uh, I don't think so, because it's in um, Einstein's theory something based on nothing going faster than the speed of light. So I'm going to say no. Honestly, with like the way technology is going, I do think eventually we'll reach that point, yeah. Like Optimistic. Your faith, your faith in science. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing I find interesting about the responses is that everyone has an opinion. You <laughs> That's know? right. Like, it's like no evidence, no theoretical background. They're like, I think so. Or they're like, no, I don't think so. That's impossible. (laughs) Everybody feels like technological progress is inevitable. Like, you can set whatever Mm. bar you want, and eventually we'll get there. Science will figure it out. I love that optimism, that enthusiasm that, like, yeah, scientists can do anything. Yeah. Well, think about all the crazy things we have been doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like um, downloading pictures of cats from the internet. Yeah. And soon you'll be able to like change your genome using your cell phone or something like that. (laughs) You want to be a ginger? There's an app for that. You want to be taller? (laughs) Dial it on your phone. That would be pretty awesome. Oh, man. Swipe right for redhead, swipe left (laughs) to be uh, taller. Well, I think we're we're spinning off ideas for science fiction novels here. But um, I love that optimism. And, you know, frankly, I was surprised because these days a lot of people aren't really believing in science and like people aren't accepting global warming and people aren't accepting this and that and the other. But everybody seems to believe that technological advancements will just be continue to be delivered on pace. Right. And, you know, people, if you want technological deliverance, if you want technological marvels, you got to fund science. So if you want a fancy new iPhone or to travel fast in the speed of light, you better call your congressperson and tell them to fund basic science. (laughs) All right, end rant. It's so so permeated in science fiction and movies and things, right? Like without faster than light travel, most science fiction stories that involve other planets would be super boring, right? (laughs) That's right, exactly. Because it tells us something about the scale of the universe, right? Like the universe is really big. Now, the speed of light is super fast. Like let's remind people, mm-hmm. it's three times 10 to the eight meters per second or 186,000 miles per second. It's like blindingly fast, right? It's not like right. any kind of speed we're used to. It's like in one second, a ray of light can go around the earth six times. Is that about six it? Six or seven times. Yeah, in a single second. It's incredible. So like one that's it. It went around the world 
six times. Uh, that's right. It brought us postcards and, and, uh, and trinkets, exactly. <laughs> and so it's incredibly fast. But the amazing thing is that even though the speed of light is so fast, the universe is ridiculously big. So even going at the speed of light, it takes you forever to get anywhere. Right. right? Thousands of years to get somewhere, even if you're traveling as a light beam. Well, so let's just ask the question, Daniel. Can we go faster than the speed of light? No. Boom, end of podcast. All right, right we're there. done. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we're done. Uh, well, it's a hard no, you're it's, saying. It's a hard we, no. We cannot go faster than the speed of light. It's a hard no with a couple of asterisks and loopholes, which maybe we'll get to later. Okay, well, let's talk about first, like, what kind of speed limit is it, right? Like, if you go faster than the speed of light, does the intergalactic police like pull you over and say and give you the intergalactic ticket? No, you know? it's actually or, they're snipers, so they don't even bother the ticket. They yeah. just take you out right there. <laughs> they just the take of, you out. They don't mess around. Well, this is the laws can... of physics we're talking about here, dude. Okay. So it's embedded in the laws of physics. Yeah. And the right way to say it is that you can't travel through space faster than light can travel through space. Ooh, that sounds like a loophole I, for later. Yeah, there's some lawyerly but, caveats but, I'm setting up for later. <laughs> Some intergalactic uh, law firm is probably uh, <laughs> salivating. Right now. They're like, I found a loophole. That's right. I'm on, I'm on retainer for some Andromedan <laughs> lawyers. Yeah, exactly. Well, so what does happen? Like if I'm in a spaceship and I, let's say I live forever and I have infinite energy and I just hit the accelerator uh, on my spaceship and I just uh, wait, pedal to the metal for as long as it takes, what's going to happen? So in this scenario, you're an infinitely rich alien with, who lives forever and this is how you're going to spend your time? Wow. Well, first of all, you don't know that I'm, an, I'm not an infinitely rich alien. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so you're an infinitely rich alien and you're doing a podcast <laughs> well, with me? You know, <laughs> I think even more perplexing. <laughs> uh, I've lived forever, so you know, yeah, wow. I get my kicks this way. Um, all right, so you're getting down to item number 3,472 yeah. <laughs> on your bucket list, and this is it. So what, yeah, like, do you hit a, like, do you hit a wall? Do you know what I mean? Like, at some point I can't go faster. Do I crash? Does my engine burn out at some point? What happens? If I try to go faster than the speed of light. Yeah, well, people have intuition about this kind of stuff because they're used to balls and airplanes and cars and stuff. And they think that if you put in twice as much energy, you should go mm. twice as fast. And that is true if you're on the surface of the earth or you're going pretty slowly. Meaning like if you burn a certain amount of fuel, you should get you should accelerate a certain uh, amount. You should go faster a little bit. That's right. And if you burn the same amount of fuel again, you should go twice as fast. Yeah, there's a linear relationship there. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what your speed is, if you add energy, right. you add speed. That's the people's intuition. But that's not true. That's not the way the universe actually works. So what happens in your scenario is you keep pouring on energy, but your speed, the increase in your speed starts to slow down. So at first, you speed up a lot when, you, you, when you're when you burning mm -hmm. rocket fuel, but then you just can't get faster very quickly. And you start to approach the speed of light slower and slower oh. and slower. So that every pile of energy or bottle of fuel you burn gives you a smaller increase in your speed. So somebody watching you uh, do this, like from the outside of your spaceship, they're going to see you take off really fast. And but at some point, you're not. You're, they're not going to see you go faster and faster. They're just going to see you peak in velocity. Yeah, the, your legions of screaming fans yeah. are just going to watch. It's going to get kind of boring because you're going to get faster and faster and approach the speed of light, but never actually get there. Right. But what's happening to me inside the spaceship, though? Do I think I'm going faster than the speed of light or? No, 
No, you don't. You are aware of your speed and you are aware of the fact that you're not going fast in the speed of light and you're very frustrated and you're screaming at your agent to get you a better <laughs> ship or whatever, uh, whatever infinitely rich Jorge, um, alien Jorge does. Uh-huh. And uh, But you just never get there. So, But doesn't time slow down for me too? I heard that time slows down for me so that like, I think I'm going faster, but I'm actually, time is slowing down for me. Isn't that how it works? Or am I just uh, infinitely wrong here? <laughs> well, you on the spaceship, time always moves for you at one second per second. Mm. But um, other people looking at you will think that time is slowing down for you. So people watching you will will see if they're like watching a clock that's in your ship, they'll mm-hmm. see it slowing down. And that's one of the really bizarre things about relativity is that not only does it tell us that there's a speed limit, which is hard to understand, but it also tells us that time is not the same for everybody. Time is a local thing. Like how I feel time depends on where I am and how fast I'm going. Huh. So it's kind of an incremental uh, slowing down of you. Like I was thinking like, it's really cool because we think of the speed limit as like a hard stop, but it really kind of affects us all the way to the speed of light, right? That's right. Like even now, if I burn twice the amount of fuel, I'm not going to go twice as fast with my car. I'm actually going to go a little bit less than twice as fast, right? Yeah, but it's a really tiny effect until you get anywhere close to the speed of light. You right. can get up to like half the speed of light without really noticing the limits of relativity. Right. It's not to, because, and, and then it starts to get very, very strong the closer you get to the speed of light. So unless you have a really zippy car, you won't notice. Yeah, but I think people are used to thinking of it as like this thing that happens in spaceships or like physics experiments, but really it's happening all around us. Like if I move my arm back and forth here in, in my studio, um, I'm being affected by relativity. Like it's slowing me down somehow. That's right, yeah. And the fact that you're looking at your arm means you're using light to see it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so relativity is everywhere. It's, it's deeply woven into the very fabric of our understanding of physics now. It's amazing that we went so long without understanding this really basic concept that space and time are different from what we thought they were. Mm. So uh, I guess the question then is, why should there be a speed limit? Like, why does relativity have this weird limit baked into it. Yeah, it's a really bizarre feature. And it comes from the observation that light always travels at the speed of light. No matter what you're doing or how fast you're going um, relative to the thing that's shooting out the light, Mm -hmm. light is always traveling at the speed of light. That's like saying Jorge is always traveling at the speed of Jorge. (laughs) That's right. Jorge (laughs) is always at maximal humor, right? (laughs) Jorge's jokes are always the same Uh... funny. Um, Well, I mean, it's kind of a weird statement. It's like saying, I'm always going as fast as I'm going. That's right. So think about it like this. You're, um, you know, if you have a ball, you can throw it at 10 miles an hour. Cool. Now, what if you're sitting in a car that's moving at 10 miles an hour and then you throw the ball? Mm. Somebody on the ground is going to see the ball is going at 20 miles an hour, right? That's cool. Right. It's like the velocities add. Yeah, velocities add. They're supposed to add. You feel like they mm-hmm. should add. It makes sense. It's, it's an intuitive thing for us, right? Right. What if the person in the car, instead of having a ball, has a flashlight? Uh-huh. Well, they shine their flashlight. How fast is the light going from their flashlight? At the speed of light. Duh, right? Speed of light. Okay, uh-huh. but if they're in the car and they're moving at 10 miles an hour and I'm on the ground, how fast do I measure the speed of light? Well, your intuition would say a speed of light plus 10 miles an hour, right? Mm, Because they add. Right. And that's where it breaks. You measure those photons as leaving your flashlight at the speed of light. And I'm outside the car on the ground. I still measure those photons as moving at the same speed. Whoa. 
So like if I put a rocket on a flashlight and the flashlight is, is going super fast, let's say the flashlight is going at the speed of light or close to the speed of light, and then it shoots a photon or a beam of light, that light coming out of the flashlight is not going to go faster than the speed of light either. That's right. Two people always measure light traveling at the same speed, no matter how fast they're going relative to each other, which is really weird. That's the core nugget of the counterintuitive bits of relativity. And everything follows from that. Okay. So you can ask, why does light always travel at the speed of light? And let's get to that in a minute. But first, let's connect it back to what we were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. So if light always travels at the speed of light, that's the thing that makes it impossible to go faster than light. Okay, because... It's this observation that light can go faster than the speed of light, or never does, that then limits our ability to go faster than the speed of light. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because velocity and time are connected in relativity. If you're moving really fast past the Earth, you see time on the Earth passing more slowly. If you were moving the speed of light, you would see time on Earth as frozen. If you were moving faster than the speed of light, you would see time on Earth moving backwards, which is totally impossible and breaks causality. I mean, trains would arrive at the station before they left. It'd be crazy. Oh, I have so many questions for you. But before we dive in, let's take a short break. It's season three of The Joy of Why, and I still have a lot of questions. Like, what is this thing we call time? Why does altruism exist? And where is Jan 11? I'm here, astrophysicist and co-host, ready for anything. That's right, I'm bringing in the A-team. So brace yourselves. Get ready to learn. I'm Jan 11. I'm Steve Strogatz. And this is... Quantum Magazine's podcast, The Joy of Why. New episodes drop every other Thursday, starting February 1st. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So we can't go faster than the speed of light because light can't go faster than the speed of light. And if we were to go faster than the speed of light, things just like don't, don't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, time would be reversed and, and, and crazy stuff like that. And to, to understand Whoa. that in, in great detail, you have to have a few moving bits in some sort of uh, thought experiments. We actually go into that in some fun detail in our book, uh, We Have No Idea. There's a whole chapter outlining that and, and dotting all the logic lines from the statement that light's always traveling at the same speed to nothing can go faster than the speed of light. So that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. And so that all comes from this one observation that light travels at the same speed no matter what. And people discovered that about 120, 130 years ago, and that blew people's minds. It didn't make any sense at all. I mean, people did this experiment. It's called the Michelson-Morley experiment. Mm -hmm. And they shot beams of light in two different directions and then measured how fast they went and came back. And the idea is, well, the Earth is moving. And so if the Earth is moving through space, it has some speed, right? And so we should be able to Mm -hmm. measure that speed by seeing how fast light is moving in one direction versus another direction. But no matter when they did it or how they did it, they always got the answer that light is traveling at the same speed, which shocked Uh, everybody. It was like, it's the kind of result I always fantasize about. You know, the kind of physics experiment where you get the result and people say, no, that doesn't make any sense. You must have done something wrong. But instead, it requires unraveling like the whole foundation of physics. Well, I think it's weird for people because you can imagine light going faster than light. You can imagine a little photon, little wave moving faster and faster and faster. Like, why should this little photon be limited in speed? Like, why can't it just keep going faster? Yeah, why should there be a maximum speed limit at all, right? Yeah, even for light, right? Yeah, it's totally bizarre. But you're saying, like, that's not how the universe, like, the universe doesn't like things to go faster than that. Like, I know there was an idea of an ether at some point in physics history. Like, maybe we're swimming in some kind of goo that just doesn't let things travel very fast through it, right? Well, the idea of ether was trying to explain what light is wiggling through, right? I mean, light is a wave, Mm. and most waves, like sound waves or pressure waves, are waves through something. Like, sound waves Mm. are pressure waves in air, right? Right. So people were wondering, what is light moving through? Because if light's a wave, it has to be the wiggling of something. And that's why they invented the ether. They thought, well, light must be wiggles in this invisible thing we've never seen before called the ether. And it was not a terrible idea. It just turned out to be wrong, you know. And so um, that's, that was the origin of this experiment. People thought, let's measure the velocity of the Earth through the ether, and then we'll be able to tell how fast light is going relative to the ether. Hmm. But it turns out it wasn't. Light is not... Uh, wiggling through ether. Light is an electromagnetic radiation that moves through vacuum on its own. It's a really bizarre thing. It doesn't have to wiggle something else. Right. But it's, it is limited in like speed. Like there's only so fast in this stuff we call space around us. There's only, uh, there's a kind of a maximum propagation speed. Yeah. So light is this really bizarre thing that uh, can only move at a certain maximum speed. And nothing can move faster than that. And no matter how you, how fast you're going, you always measure light moving at the same speed. And that always boggled my mind because it makes me feel like uh, two people can observe the same things and get different answers and both be right, you know? Right. Like if you shoot a flashlight and I'm traveling at half the speed of light to try to catch up with it, it's strange to me that you'll measure those photons as going at the speed of light, and I'll also measure those photons as going at the speed of light. It feels like our observations disagree, but we're both correct. You know, we can have different views of the same events and both be right. That's the craziest thing about relativity. I I feel like a really great um, 
way to, to kind of visualize how things break down that you once told me about was this idea that it, like if there's a, a ray of light going through the universe and like you ca- you were able to catch up to it, like you could go as fast as that beam of light and you were standing next to it going at the speed of light, it wouldn't make any sense for you to see a beam of light just standing there. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm going down the highway and I catch up to a, a truck and I match its speed, to me, the truck will seem like it's just standing there. But for a ray of light, like that just doesn't make any sense to see a light ray just standing there. Like that's where things would sort of break down, right? Yeah, because not only... No, did I? <laughs> no, 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 that's totally right. Not only can you never go the speed of light because you have mass and things that have mass can approach the speed of light but never get there. But things that are massless always go the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So not only photons, but also gravitons and, and other things that have no mass always go the speed of light. Right. And the reason is that uh, exactly what you said, that if they weren't going the speed of light, then you could eventually catch up to them and be next to them. But what is a photon, right? Yeah. If it, ha- it has no mass, there's no stuff to it. There's nothing right. there. It's just its velocity. So if you catch up to it and it's not moving relative to you, then it doesn't really exist. Right. So it actually makes more sense for light to always be zooming along at the speed of light relative to everybody who's measuring it. At the maximum speed. At the maximum speed, yeah. Okay. And I think something you said earlier is really interesting. Why should there be a maximum speed, yeah. right? And um, I think that's really cool. It, it, but it tells you something about our universe, right? We, we need there to be a maximum speed so that there's causality, so that things make sense, so things don't happen out of order, okay. so that cause happens before effect, right? If you go faster than the speed of light, then cause and effect breaks. Well, let's, let's break it down. Like, I think maybe it breaks down to the question, what would happen if we had no speed limit in the universe? Like, what if things could go faster than the speed of light? How, what would happen? Well, you'd have to have a totally different universe because uh, the way our universe is set up, that's pretty much baked in at the, at the ground level. And so the universe would be totally different if there was no maximum speed. I think one thing that's fun mm-hmm. to think about is what if the maximum speed was different, right? What if it was like twice as much or 10 mm-hmm. times as much or a tenth as much? Um, because one mm-hmm. deep question we have is why is the speed of light this speed and not some other speed, right? Mm. That's an interesting idea, the idea that that's just how our universe is put together. Like that's just baked into the rules. And maybe there's another universe where the speed of light is different or there's no speed of light. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like it's possible maybe to construct a universe without a speed limit. I'm not sure if it's possible to construct a universe with no speed limit, but it's definitely possible to construct a universe with a different speed limit, Mm. one that's much higher or one that's much lower. I mean, as far as we know. You know, if you're like at the control panel of the universe, this is just a parameter that you can set. And if you change the speed of light to something else, physics still works. Mm. So we don't know why the speed limit is what it is. Um, it, we can't construct universes that don't have speed limits where things travel instantaneously um, across time and space. Mm-hmm. Those things don't work because they break causality. Things can arrive before they leave and stuff like that. But we can make universes where the speed of light is different. And that's fun to think about because it changes your relationship, like we were talking about earlier, with faraway things, you know. Right. The fact that stars are really far away really tells you about how far away they are relative to the speed of light. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. 
It's season three of The Joy of Why, and I still have a lot of questions, like what is this thing we call time? Why does altruism exist? And where is Jan 11? I'm here, astrophysicist and co-host, ready for anything. That's right, I'm bringing in the A-team. So brace yourselves. Get ready to learn. I'm Jan 11. I'm Steve Strogatz. And this is... Quantum Magazine's podcast, The Joy of Why. New episodes drop every other Thursday, starting February 1st. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How would breaking the speed of light break uh, the fundamental like logic of the universe? It's, it would break the universe because it would break causality. And by that, I mean that things could happen in, out of order. Relativity tells us that things happen differently depending on your velocity, right? And so, and time works differently depending on your velocity. Mm-hmm. As you go faster, you can see the order of events, the time of events change. And if you go fast in the speed of light, some things flip so that the effect happens before the cause. Like the equations just no longer make any sense. They just no longer make sense. Like it, it just breaks. And right. it comes from this, uh, this fact that how you see time changes based on how fast you're going, which again is totally wow. connected to the fact that everybody sees the speed of light always moving at the same speed no matter what. Wow. But the basic idea is just that it's just baked into the equations that nothing can go faster than the speed of light. That's right. right? Like it's just baked. If you try to go faster, it'll just break the equations by which the universe 
uh, is put together. Yep. And we have tested it a zillion ways from here to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And relativity is very solid. This part of relativity is called special relativity that describes how light moves and time is affected is mm-hmm. totally well tested. And we really believe it. Okay. And, and it's the underpinnings of everything we've built. So if it's wrong, then we're going to throw everything away. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean it's wrong, right? It could be wrong, and it could be that we discover that it's replaced by a different theory and uh, and everything is wrong. That would be, frankly, kind of awesome. I love these revolutions in physics. But so far, it seems to be pretty solid. Like maybe like your kids or some kid out there right now, a future physicist might figure it out that it's a... that real, special relativity is wrong. Yeah, and in fact, there was a result a few years ago where people thought they had figured that out. Mm. There was this result from the opera experiment at CERN that sent neutrinos um, zooming through Italy, and they thought they measured some neutrinos going faster than the speed of light. Right. And they put out this big paper, and then it turned out to be wrong. And it turned out to be an operatic tragedy. <laughs> That's right. Um, it was actually quite embarrassing. One of the cables they were using <laughs> to measure the timing had come loose, and there was a little bit of jiggle oh, in it, man. and uh, that was the source of the whole mistake. And they had to pull it back, and the spokespeople resigned, and oh. it was embarrassing. So if you're going to try to disprove all of modern physics, check your cables. Make sure they're right. That's right. If you're going up against Einstein, double-check the boxes. That's right. If you're going to shoot for the king, you better kill him. So I guess then the last question is like, does that mean that we can never reach these like faraway planets uh, in a decent amount of time without turning into puddles of ooze? Like, does that mean like, you know, like you and me will never get to step on another uh, solar system and, and things like that? Or, uh, uh, you know, if we can't go faster than the speed of light, does that mean that interstellar travel is impossible? Right. So it's time to return to those caveats we talked about. Yeah. Traveling through space at faster than the speed of light is impossible, and as far as we can tell, will never be possible. It's not like there's some technological breakthrough we're waiting for. It's like just difficult or expensive or something or complicated, right? It seems totally impossible Mm -hmm. to move through space faster than the speed of light. Now, I say through space because Mm -hmm. that's the caveat. We've recently learned the last couple of decades that space is not this fixed thing that you move through. It's not like this empty backdrop. It's squishy. It's dynamical. It can do things, and we can squeeze it and expand it and ripple in it. Mm -hmm. So instead, so the caveat is instead of trying to move through space faster than the speed of light, let's change the space we're moving through. So you want to go from here to Alpha Centauri? Can we squeeze that space to make the distance shorter rather than breaking the rules of physics to go through it? So it's kind of like we're we're not space is not an empty an emptiness, right? It's like maybe we are in some kind of like a sponge or some kind of um, liquid as if, you know, just in, as an analogy. Mm-hmm. And you can't move through this sponge faster than the speed of light, but you could maybe like bend the sponge or squish the sponge to get from one side of the sponge to the other side. You could do tricks like that. Is that what you That's mean? That's exactly what I mean. And that is theoretically totally possible, though uh-huh. experimentally very, very difficult. It's not like we've achieved this or we're like on the on the edge of being able to do this or whatever. But, you know, right. the first step in a project like this is go from impossible to possible. And then the rest is engineering to go from possible to practical, right? <laughs> so um, I leave that for the engineers. The physicist's job is to go from impossible to possible. Next week will be, it'll be a feature on your Tesla, you know. <laughs> Autopilot to Alpha Centauri. 
Anyways. Um, yeah, so you might be wondering, well, how is it possible? Yeah. Well, you know that space can bend, right? I mean, uh-huh. well, the Earth goes around the sun because sun has bent space so the Earth moves around it right. um, because the space is bent, right? And gravitational waves oh. show us that like colliding black holes can make ripples in space. So how would you actually get from here to there? You'd have to squeeze the space, which takes a huge amount of energy. So just like a gravitational wave can uh, propagate, you could maybe like create uh, a giant wave that somehow compresses space from here to Alpha Centauri so that it's just really close. Yeah, or some sort of standing wave that is always compressing the space right in front of you Mm -hmm. um, so that you can move through it rapidly. Oh. Yeah. Like you're surfing a gravitational wave. Exactly. Surfing a gravitational wave, exactly. But remember, the gravitational wave caused by like colliding black holes Uh squeezes space by like one part in 10 to the 20. Oh, I see. So you need an even bigger source of gravitational energy than colliding black holes. So Uh that's a tall order. Well, in the movies like Star Wars and Star Trek, whenever they go into warp speed, you see kind of, they always show it as this kind of like distortion of space, right? Like the stars stretch out Mm -hmm. or like the spaceship stretches out before it disappears but maybe there's something i mean they got something right about that right like maybe that's what they were thinking they were thinking like you're actually like stretching space or you're like compressing space and that's how you're moving faster than light yeah i'm pretty sure the guys who wrote star trek did these calculations before they wrote those episodes (laughs) and it's motivated by actual (laughs) physics yeah yeah, um, no, everyone in Hollywood has a PhD, right? <laughs> That's right. That's why they never call me to ask for physics help, right? Because they just <laughs> understand it themselves. And that's why there are no physics mistakes in any Hollywood movies. I think you've totally figured it out. So that's one loophole is that you can squeeze space so that you can travel faster through it. Are there other, other loopholes or is that the main like possibility for getting to Alpha Centauri. Yeah, so if you're out there about to write a check for our warp drive company, hold on a moment because there are other options, Mm. right? And another option is wormholes, right? Mm. This is the idea that space might not be simply connected. It might not be that every piece of space is connected to the piece of space next to it. The connection could be a little bit more complicated. It could be that like some piece of Mm. space is connected to a piece of space that's far, far away, right? That's what a wormhole is, this connection between pieces of space that are far away and that requires space maybe it's not this like just homogenous thing it could have like little loops in them it could be like tangled up is that what yeah exactly it requires you to think about space in a really different way it's not just this emptiness you move through it's more like nodes on a subway station right and you can they can be Mm. connected in any way you can travel from one to the other and so why not right yeah why not exactly in fact we think that space probably is that way that at the tiny quantum level space might even be quantized um, and discrete and and that you can move around in uh, like you move around a subway map Um, and it could Mm -hmm. be that on the macroscopic level these things exist too and general relativity the theory that tells us about how space time is bent and all that stuff does allow for wormholes it's totally possible now there's a huge number of caveats there like We've never seen a wormhole, um, so we're not sure. <laughs> so they're theoretical only. They're theoretical. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Black holes used to be theoretical. Oh. They used to be like, well, here's a funny property of general relativity, but nobody's ever seen one. Right. Gravitational waves were theoretical too, right? And we just detected yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe, you know, wormholes are last year's black holes, right? Wormholes oh. are the new 40. <laughs> um, trendy. They're trendy. So, the trending on Hashtag Twitter, yeah. wormhole. Yeah, ha- hashtag put Kanye in a wormhole. Um, 
And uh, so we think they might exist, but we've never seen one. We have no idea how to make one. We have no idea how to keep them open. And Uh maybe most importantly, we don't know what it'd be like to go through them. Probably, if you went through it, it would stretch and squish you and you'd be that pile of goo anyway. Oh, but you could maybe send like a signal or a probe or maybe something. Hamster. Are you going to say hamster? Don't send a hamster. (laughs) I'm going to call the SPCA on you. Not my hamster. (laughs) <laughs> Not my answer. Yes, you probably could send information through the wormhole, oh, and so cool. you could talk to the aliens. Interesting, um, you know, or whoever's on the other side of the wormhole, the future you, or whatever. I see. Yeah. So even though you can't travel through space faster than the speed of light, and that's pretty solid, there are some ways you might be able to traverse huge distances without waiting a zillion years. Mm. So there is some hope. You're saying uh, theoretically it's possible. And so maybe like our people on the street that we talk to, maybe there's uh, some future engineer or physicist will figure out how to make it happen. That's right. And if you do, please send us a note because we want to be involved. Yeah, we want to um, be able to spend my infinite riches out there. <laughs> that's right. And I think probably that's what the, the folks we interviewed, that's probably what they were expressing. They probably weren't thinking, well, Einstein's special relativity says it's impossible, so no. They were thinking, well, humans figure it out. And whenever we're faced with a problem, somebody comes up with a solution. There's so many smart people out there with their brains cooking on this, that, and the other that somebody will figure out a way to get there faster than light speed travel even if you're not actually going faster than light speed through space. So that's what I, I like to think that people were thinking, that there were this optimistic view of science solving every problem that we have. Yeah, and maybe the person who figures it out is like out there right now, you know? Could be some kid or some person out there who... Um, it could be somebody waiting. listening to this podcast, yeah. getting inspired right now. Scribble those ideas down, don't forget yeah. them. Include us in the patent, please. <laughs> that's right. Or we will sue you. I have some good lawyers from Alpha Centauri. <laughs> we will sue you at the speed of light. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll see you guys next time. As we explain the whole universe. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.